thank you all for being here, um, tuning in to us at Metadel Online. Um, I know you could be doing a whole lot of different things. I'm glad you're here uh, with us. Um, my name is Reverend Brian Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here at Metadel, one of the speakers. Um, I work with the young, uh, young adults, 18 through 26. Uh, we have a wonderful time. Um, if you are in that age group, come see us. We'll meet on Tuesday nights. Um, so I'm glad to kind of be back. Um, some wonderful news going on in the church, if you haven't heard yet. Um, we've um, opened up our doors again on uh, for campus classes. Um, of course, Children's Church is going to, so we're real excited about what's going on at the church. Um, so today I get to talk about something that's very, very interesting and, and something that I, I want to build off of my sermon earlier from about victory. Tell you a story though. A couple years ago, there was a couple that that went down to the beach down in Florida. And, um, they got in these little inflatable little rafts and they got out floating in the ocean together. You know, along the beach. Husband decides, well, he's been out there for a little bit, so he ends up coming in. Well, the wife was just really enjoying her time out there on the sun, soaking up those rays. So she decided to sit out there and just let the waves take her and, and just enjoy her time out there. She kind of got lost up in the moment. Um, what she didn't realize is that the waves were kind of carrying her out to sea. Um, moments passed upon moments passed, um, and the situation became very, very dangerous before she even realized it. Um, when she looked up and realized that she was way away from shore, uh, she realized at that moment how, how dangerous her situation was. Luckily, the lifeguards were able to rescue her and everything was okay, but... The situation got really dire because of her carelessness. Um, and I want to talk about this idea that about drifting. Um, we all kind of done this and we all kind of do this. Um, it's not a thing where you're openly rebelling and you're burning down buildings and all this kind of stuff, but it's this thing to where you're kind of drifting away from where you're supposed to be. Um, and, and that's a dangerous situation, for especially for Christ believers who who are going through hard times or, or are going through growth spurts that this idea of drifting, as I call it, is this, is a, is this holding pattern where we're not truly serving. We're not falling, you know, falling away, but at the same time, we're not truly serving the way we surely could. Um, and the Bible is very direct about this idea. And it's, and it's interesting too. In, in Hebrews chapter two, verse one, and I wanted to read that for us. Um, it, it, and I wanted to read the NIV version of it. It says this, because I love the words they use. It says, um, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, uh, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from what we've heard, of course. Um, great words. It's so easy to kind of drift. Um, when I don't have a microphone and I can't go around the stages and all these things, it's hard not to kind of drift out of, out of focus. Um, and even with this camera now, I'm, I'm conscientious of the fact that I can only go so far before I become out of, out of your frame. We need to understand that's kind of how we are in our spiritual wall. We're this idea that um, we've got to be careful on, on not drifting too far away. Uh, we all drift, and it happens to all of us. None of us are, are, are immune to it. Um, but there's reasons behind it. Um, and I'm going to give these reasons out here. We'll throw those up on the board, too, um, just so you'll have them. And you'll see them as through it. And I kind of try to do this to where it makes sense for you guys. So they all start with D. It's kind of interesting. Um, the first, of course, is depth. Uh, Matthew 13, 5, 7, if you want to look up some scriptures about it. But 
a lot of us, we will go through our faith and we'll get saved, get baptized, and we'll start going to church. But that's kind of where we kind of stop in our spiritual walk. And what ends up happening is we end up getting, we end up getting shallow. So when things happen, there's no depth to what we're doing. So honestly, a lot of times we get bored because we don't feel the urge to go to ministry or do these things because there's no depth or substance to what we're doing. Um, it's, it's a very dangerous kind of things kind of be the, the idea of settling on this this level of your your spiritual walk um, and I think this affects the church a lot that instead of being a deep pool of of spiritual awakeness and just of God it's just a muddy puddle um, and God wants so much more than that but the, once again, you have to choose some of those, choose to kind of put yourself into those situations. And it's an idea of actually owning your, your spiritual walk. Um, the next would be denial. Um, we all want to say we've never denied Christ, but the truth is we all have. We've all done that thing to where we've denied um, our spiritual walk. Now, I'm not saying that we've denied that Jesus exists, but there have been times where God's called us to do something and we knew it and we've turned our back on it for whatever reason, whether it's convenience, whether it's fear, whether it's just anxiety, whatever it is that caused you, or just even open rebellion. Um, when I was, when I got my call to preach, I was a kid. I was 17 years old at Superwell. Um, and I knew it. I knew it on that beach at Superwell Thursday night, Eddie Brandy was preaching. I knew exactly what God was calling me to. At the same time, my dad was going through, um, a horrible, horrible church, fight all those things happen we all seen those things um and i've seen all the hurt in my dad's life personally and i remember it's like there's no way i'm going to do that uh, there's no way i could ever do that um, only because i've seen the anguish and heartbreak that that a pastor kind of goes through um and it's hard um i now that i've done it i know it is but there's no more rewarding, better rewarding feeling than, than being a pastor of a church. I've, I've loved it, and I love my, what God's called me to do. But at the time, I was so worried I denied God that ability. I lost 10 years of the ministry because of it, of me denying this. Not that I ever denied that, that God existed, but I know what I was doing was displeasing to him. He never gave up on me, and I'm, and I'm glad for that too. Um, and another one is difficulties especially if you're shallow. But a lot of times when you run across difficult times in your life, if you're not truly grounded in the Word and truly are strong in your spiritual walk, a lot of times we panic. Um, much like Peter um, in the boat. He stepped out of the boat and he's okay. He's walking on the water. But when he sees the waves coming and the storm, when he starts, pa he panics and sinks. A lot of times that happens to us. is we see things that we say, okay, this is hard. And we forget that who we serve is greater than all things. Um, and, and so we end up panicking. We end up drifting, not leaving the faith, or anything, but we end up drifting away from where we know we're supposed to be. And that, that drift really, truly can, uh, can go real bad real quick or kind of uh, give us a little red, red flag going, hey, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be doing. I need to make sure I'm focusing back on God, not the storm or not the problem or not the difficulty that we're going through. And it's, it's easy for me to say that, but I've been in that. Um, one of the things they teach you, they teach you in, in, in martial arts, in truth, in combat, is the idea that, that as soon as you engage, 60% of everything you know is thrown out the window because of fear, 
um, terrain and all these things. And it's true. So as a Christian, same thing. As, as, as you're met with these difficulties, half the stuff that you know, that you've memorized through Sunday school or whatever, goes away. And so you're, it peels back. That's where being shallow really, truly hurts you. But that, that difficulty comes, we, that's when we should be leaning on God. Um, the next is deception. And we see that a lot nowadays too. But it's been around for thousands of years. False doctrine. Um, this one will cause you to drift more than anything. Um, this one's hard only because some people are very, very good at, at preaching false doctrine. I would say this. If what you believe doesn't line up with Scripture, then that's false doctrine. You've got to be careful about the deception of the world. The world, the best lies are laced with a lot of truth. And the enemy loves that. So we have to definitely be careful with this idea of deception. Um, Galatians 1, 6 through 9, if you wanted to read some scripture about it. But um, that will cause you to drift quickly. Um, one of my seminary professors, he and I got into it because of something just offhanded he said during, a, during, during one, of the, one of his seminars. And I remember listening to him thinking, that just doesn't seem right. Um, and it was a big, huge hullabaloo. But um, the thing was that it, his viewpoint interchanged into what the Scripture said, and it changed the meaning, and it caused some false doctrine. It's not, that, it's, it's, not, it's not a huge deal, but it's enough to where you go, wait a minute, something's wrong, and we need to fix it. And, and luckily, it did get fixed. But So we had to be careful with, de with deception. And the last one I wanted to talk about, too, was this idea of division. Um, unfortunately, there will always be people around who want to divide, who want to pick sides, and think that you have to pick a side. The time's coming, you'll have to choose a side. Um, there's only one side. That's God's side. That's just all there is to it. Um, we don't always have to agree, but we all should fellowship together. We all should be able to work together. Um and that's the hardest thing when you have people who want to stand up and make you choose a side. Um, and there's a lot of ramifications to that. Division can only hurt. It can never build up. It divides. It's what it is. But you have to be careful um, because once you start allowing yourself to, allowing the, as a community, as a church, as a corporate group, be divided, you become weaker. Um, and then that makes it easy for the enemy to pick you off. It really truly does. Um, okay, so those are things that cause you to drift. So if, you, so if I say that you know, drifting isn't extremely bad, but can lead to something extremely bad, what are some of the bad things that happen because of drifting? Um, because I, I believe this is kind of a gateway kind of a sin. I think this is a gateway idea to what goes wrong. Um, and a lot of times when, when we think, oh, well, this is, the, this is the cause or this is the reason why I'm sinning, it's usually not. It's usually three or four steps ahead or behind. Um, and I think this drifting is one of those key moments where we make a decision thinking it's such a small thing that builds into something greater. And one of those things, that one of the dangers of drifting is this idea um, this lack of fear of the sin. Uh, you know what? I'll miss church just this one time and go to the lake. It, it's just this one time. Um, you know what? 
I really don't like that teacher, so I'm really just not going to go to go to that campus group, or I'm not going to return to that. You know, uh, that that person kind of hurt my feelings. So, you know what? I'm just going to sit on the other side of church. You know what? I'll just go to a different service, um, or you know, I'm just going to look for another church, or I'm going to go. There's things that happened where instead of going focusing on what happened, we focus on we focus on well, what, what what's going to be the repercussions of what happened. Um, and, and that that lack of focus on what caused it, that lack of fear of what that sin was or what that thing was, is a very dangerous thing. Even good, good churches fall because of this, this idea that um, you think the sin is okay. It's not a big thing. Look, it doesn't affect anybody else. It just affects me. So it's not like it's a huge thing, right? Um, because you're not at church, maybe you were supposed to be there to witness to the one person that would listen to you or the one person that would cared about what you thought and you're not there to give it to them. You don't undersell yourself in a church, in a Christ body. God's got a, God's got a position for you in a place for you and a, and a reason why you're there. Don't sell yourself short. And too many times we go, well, it's not really affecting things. It's just a small thing. And that leads to the other part, the lack of repentance over that sin. A lot of times we say, well, look, it's just not that big a way. I, I just, it's just my vice. It's how I'm built. Or it's just that one thing I do. It's the only thing that I do. It's my one re recompense is, whatever. It's just not the, there's no turning away from that. And I preached a couple of weeks ago. Um, about Cain and Abel and the fact that Cain could never come to grips with what he did. He never did. Um, well, we never see that he did. Um, and there's a danger in that. Now, I'm not saying that what you're doing is you're killing your brother or anything like that, but when you start justifying what you're doing, it's a slippery slope. Um, and this idea of drifting causes that. I remember the first time I ever, I ever drifted in my car, I was driving a 78 Thunderbird and it was, if you ever seen this car, it's like a big, huge boat. And it had been, it's summer, and the road, it hadn't been raining in a long time, and it started to rain just enough to make the roads wet. Um, going down Curtis Parkway, right there where the car lot, the, well, the Dollar General's there now, but it used to be a car lot there. It's a real sharp turn. And, and I started in the turn, and I felt the car kind of go, but I just kept on going. And what ended up happening was the thing just spun out. Luckily, I didn't hit anything or hit anybody, but I, I remember thinking I had control, had control, had control until I didn't. Um, and then when I didn't, I realized I never had control of that car. Um, in my mind, I thought I had control. So there's no, there's no, oops, I'm making a mistake. It was, let me get through this and I'll be okay. When you're drifting, a lot of times you do this. Th I think it was like, well, I know I'm, I'm going against God, but you know what? I'm okay and I can get back. Um, that's a hard road to get up because you're still relying on your own strength and not God's. Um, I talked about victory last, last time I was here. That victory was not one. You did not win that victory. Christ did. Jesus won that victory, right? That's where your strength comes from, not yourself. So when you start leaning on yourself, that idea that you kind of forget that. Because if, as long as you're, trying, you're drifting away from God and God's not in it, your victory's not there. The victory's already won. I mean, there's only one victory that counts, and that's at the cross. That's already won. But are you really cherishing rolling in that when you're openly rebelling against God? 
the power of sin and death is God's, God's alone. It's Jesus, not yours. And so a lot of times we get caught up in this idea that, oh, I'm in control. Uh, I've got this. Um, and when you start drifting, that's what happens. You end up believe, leaning on your own power because you know you're outside the will of God. Uh, these things lead to your destruction of your faith, of your spiritual walk, of your routine, of all the things that make you do those things you want to do. Um, I'll ask y'all this and be honest. Um, how many of us have, have, how many of us feel like we're closer, we're, we're not as close to God as we were once before? How many, how many of us say, you know, I don't read my Bible as much as I did before, or I'm not a part of the church like I used to be when we've drifted? Somewhere in your life, you've drifted away from that. Um, he wants us there. There's no reason why we can't get back to there, but the truth is that you have to recognize these things, these stumbling blocks that have come up to your life for whatever reason, because um, they're there. So I've told you what it was. I told you some of the causes of it. The results of drifting is a lot worse because it doesn't seem like such a bad thing at first. But probably the first thing that you see is a loss of growth. Um, if you feel yourself stagnant in the church, if you feel like you're bored, feel like you just don't, blo don't belong because you're not growing. That should be a red flag. Hey, why do I feel like I'm not growing? Why am I not? Why is why isn't the church or God challenging me enough? Probably because we're not putting our best foot forward. If I'm being honest, um, I remember after Stephen left and I was there and I was trying to figure out what do I need to do. Um, I was so conflicted. I was like, okay, well I can do all this stuff, but I'm not doing anything. Where, where can I go to serve the best? When the truth was, I was I was where I'm supposed to be, but I was so caught up in me not being the guy that I didn't put my best foot forward. That's all on me. And I realized that in a conversation a month or so after Jeremy got here, that, hey, wait, you know what? I'm not putting my best foot forward no matter what. Um, and, and, I, and I saw that. And I, cause I wasn't growing. Um, I wasn't doing anything. But as soon as I realized that and gave that up, boom, took off. And, I, and, and that's kind of where that comes from. Um, that when you start drifting, you don't grow. You can't grow because... You're stuck in this weird holding pattern. We've got to break that, right? We've got to break that. And one of the other things, too, is this loss of grace or loss of godliness. Now, before you bring your pitchforks to the church Sunday or, and get ready to haul me off, let me understand, I, you don't lose grace. You can't, I don't believe in you can lose, lose your salvation. But what I do believe that if you're not inside the will of God, there's, there's blessings and there's godliness that, that you res, remove yourself from. That God's, God can't be where your sin resides. And so there's, there's opportunities that you miss by being in this drift or being in this thing. Um, I talked about not serving for 10 years um, after getting the call. And I did. I lost 10 years. It's one of the only regrets of my entire life that I wasted 10 years. In that 10 years, though, I was a Christian. I went to church. I tried to serve. But everything I tried to do, there was no true fruit to it. And it was frustrating and, I, and, and made me question my, my calling and God like, well, this, because I was trying to do everything on my own. And there's this godliness that we lose. Um, and it's an interesting thing because, man, I was reading my Bible every day. I was doing devotions and I was praying. And then all that kind of fell away. See, that's, that's the loss of godliness I'm talking about. This, 
there was a hunger for me to study. And that kind of went away. So you'll see these things. When, when you start drifting, not only will you not see growth, you'll find yourself not reading your Bible as much, not praying as much, not talking about God as much, not, see, not seeking, and this is when it gets me too, not seeking genuine, genuine time to worship, not just to praise, or I'm not just to, like to read or ponder, but to truly worship God. I, I love worship music. I love being. I love being in the fellowship with it. I love the corporate worships. Nothing like you could get online or listen to. I, I, I listen to music all the time when I'm at work. What I'm doing, it's great, and I can sing all day by myself. It's great. It's, well, it's not in tune and it sounds horrible, but I love it. But nothing, nothing beats being in this church, just the music going and everyone singing, and we're just having an amazing time together. I love that. Um, and when you, when you start drifting, you realize you don't seek that as much. And to me, that's heartbreaking to think now because I'm in that moment. Um, we had a great service last, we had a great service this past weekend. And it was just that thing where you were like, I'm glad I'm here. It's like the first sermon, the first uh, service back from, from the COVID uh, pandemic thing. And you just felt the glory of God together. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't like there was 5,000 people here. But man, God showed up, and that's the one you want to be there. And you kind of lose that a little bit. Um, you end up also moving from serving and talking about serving with God to just talking about serving God. So I'm not talking about falling away and going to the bars and doing all this, but you you do this thing to where you you truly stop really truly serving. You talk about serving God, but you don't truly do it. And I think too many times we get caught in the fact that we want to serve. We talk about serving. Oh, yeah, I got to get into that fellowship. I got to get into this ministry. I got to find me something to do at the church. But when push comes to serve, shove, we never do it. Um, matter of fact, I had a guy ask me this week and say the same thing. And he goes, but you know what? I want to, but I just don't have enough time. And I stopped him. I said, listen, I've been there. We'll justify anything all day long. But if we're serving God, God will make time. He literally stopped the sun in the sky. To make time, he'll make time. Um, the th- and I was a pastor of a church, worked a full time job, had three different departments, was going to school to get my doctorate um, at Luther Rice, was a troop chaplain, raising three kids, married, had all the time in the world. Not doing any of those things now, it seems like I'm always looking for time. You serve God, I promise you, he'll make you time. You, you seek and you try to find a way to serve God, you'll find out your time gets opened up pretty quick. Um, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Well, we can come up with all kinds of excuses, right? And you also lose this, and I think this is the most heartbreaking thing because we don't realize it. We lose that burden that we should have for the lost. That should be our A number one goal about, about reaching people, letting people know about Christ, letting them know about Jesus, see them growing. If we lose that burden, man, that's... That should be heartbreaking to us. But when you start drifting, when you start pulling away from God and pulling away from the church and pulling away from your your Christian walk, that's one of those things that end up lacking. Because you start seeing, you know, I'm busy or I'm doing this or no one appreciates it. No one does this. We miss the point of why we're doing it. We're doing it to see souls saved. We're We're doing it to see somebody up here baptized in the middle of a pandemic. 
that's the reason we're doing what we do. It's the reason why I'm here um, on a Monday night. Um, because I want to see souls saved. The guys that are here with us recording this, they want to see souls saved. The idea of why we do what we do, that's the most important thing. But we lose that when we start making excuses. We start drifting away from God. We forget why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. I understand all that. Now, how do I fix it? I'm glad you asked. Here's some, here's some things you can do about drifting. First of all, you got to recognize you're doing it. A number one thing. If you're, if you're falling down a hill or you're digging a hole, the A number first thing you got to do is realize you're doing it, right? You will never be able to embrace the change that God has for you if you cannot see your part of it. You got to recognize it. And once you recognize it, you have to remember where it was you were before it fell. I mentioned about, hey, was there ever a time in your life where you felt closer to God than you do right now? Was there ever a time that you prayed more than you do right now? When I was at my worst, and it was bad. I remember sitting out on the balcony of this apartment that I rented, I was renting. And I, and I was like, where was the, I need to go back to the point to where my life made sense. It was at my mom and dad's house. The last time I felt God's presence was my mom and dad's house. I've got to go back there. It wasn't just a location, but it was just being around those people. And I knew that. So once you, once you recognize it, you need to remember where it was that you were, that you were the most happy. Where you, were, where you really truly felt like you were serving God and had that, that drive and that ambition. Because you've got to get back to there. That's where you want to go. That's got to be your number one rule. And then comes the repentance. Got to repent. Now, repentance doesn't mean I've got to go tell 25,000 people all the stuff I did wrong. Repenting means i got to realize what I did wrong and make sure I'm not doing that, right? And then return. Go back. It's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. And then when you do, you'll have revival. Um, this place, this thing, all this thing we're doing, if you neglect your spiritual walk, even for a short time, you'll begin to drift away from God. <sighs> Let's pray today that God brings us back on track where we want to be.